everybody. Oh, I'll go, yeah. Hi, everybody. everybody. I'm Maya. I'm Melissa. And I'm Olivia. (laughs) And we're here to take you back to your Your Twilight Twilight face. (laughs) Listeners, we're actually really stressed right now. You wouldn't really be able to tell why I'm laughing, but uh, this is. Wednesday evening it's Wednesday. and the election has not been decided yet. Not and, called yet. Uh I have been wanting to like puke, but here we are. Tensions are high. Ready to to talk about Twilight. But the show yeah. goes on. You guys know in Hercules how the fates like pull a string taut before they cut it and like end someone's life. Yes. I feel like I'm the string right now. <laughs> oh. At any moment, I'm just gonna die. Right? <laughs> This is at the end where the scissors are like slow-mo coming in to cut Meg's string. <sighs> and then hopefully doesn't the snap. race will be called for Biden and the scissors won't be able to cut the string. Hopefully. <gasps> After this, we should make that meme. Listeners, you already know. Hopefully. You oh my are God. in the future. Oh my God, you're in the future. <gasps> I desperately hope that you already know, listeners. Oh God, that's oh, true. Oh my By God. Saturday? I'm hopeful by Saturday. I can't do more of this. I can't do the amount we've already done. Melissa says that as somebody who just told us that she didn't check the news all day, which I'm very impressed by. Yeah, I uh, ostriched myself, as in I put my head in the sand and didn't come out (laughs) until five minutes ago. (laughs) Turned off all my social media, didn't tune into any news reporting or I don't know reports online I straight up have been pretending like it isn't even happening and that's great I can tell you I still had just as many anxiety dreams as (laughs) if I had paid attention so I refreshed the New York Times page every 20 minutes today and guess what I can't do anything about anything so did that improve my day no it did not Olivia and I have the same boss essentially and he canceled like all of our meetings this week which has really taken the structure out of my yeah it's bad (laughs) so I'm very available to literally watch the news and look at my email and that's it oh no not good Maya and I did some like co-working time yesterday that helped a little bit today was very unstructured and very unprofessional I had the opposite um, my group is pretending like absolutely nothing is going on. And honestly, it's very good for helping me pretend that absolutely <laughs> nothing is going on. <laughs> I I have had a couple of agents reach out to me like today and yesterday, like, hey, just checking in on this submission. And I'm like, how <laughs> dare you? There's that. And also, like, I have been trying to get to submissions, which means that I decide whether this book is going to be published or not be published. And I don't want to send people bad news. Like, I'm not going to reject this book on election day. Nobody needs more bad news. Nobody needs it. Of course, I'm not getting back to you today. Keep the faith. I was just uh, telling you guys, I created like five crash schedules today, which means I emailed five people and was like, this is bad. Here's how <laughs> shitty your life is going to be for the next three weeks. I just realized that uh, maybe they didn't want to get that information today. <laughs> but uh, conversely, I felt it's very fine. productive and positive job. about my day. So it's great. 
Well, you know what? If they don't want to get that information, they should just not look at their email or do their work <laughs> like half of us are already doing. I was going to say mean, they should just give me things on time. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. They could have gotten their book in in time, but we all Sometimes know it's, it's out of our possible. hands. Sometimes it's out of our hands. She says, trying to line edit a book that that is, is not on time. It's very late. <laughs> it happens. Is it all going to be fine? Yes, it is all going to be yeah, fine. It's all going to be fine. But it's late. Because I'll create a crash schedule. <laughs> In the meantime, we're going to talk about Twilight. We're going to laugh together. We mm-hmm. hope that you <laughs> laugh. Um, <laughs> We've been practicing. And we're going to start with this listener email that is really fantastic. Oh, good. The subject line in all caps is, I am a teenager listening to Twilight podcasts. <laughs> we found a real life wow. teen. Lifted a rock. There they were. They listened to our podcast. Gwen. Tell us, are we still hip and cool? And, you know, like, I don't know. Do we jive with the times? I mean, I don't know about that. <laughs> but Gwen says, I'm 17 and started reading the book early 2019 for the first time. She doesn't say how this happened. Like, why, Gwen, why? Yeah, what made you read it for the first time last year? I don't know. Gwen, write back and tell us. It might not be, like, that complicated, you know? There's, just no, like, there's probably no reason. It was just a thing to read. Yeah, like, the book was in my house already. My mom read it a long time ago. Or, like, I saw it in the store and I knew it used to be a big deal. Like, you know. I don't know. I feel like our whole thing at the beginning of this podcast was like, remember when Twilight was a big deal? Because it's not anymore. But then LOL Stephanie Meyer changed that. And now, of course, we all remember Twilight because it is incredibly popular again. Here it is back again. Maybe it was Midnight Sun because she has read Midnight Sun. One of the best parts of this email is also, I think I created a boy Twihard. I begged my brother to read the series at the beginning of this year before COVID-19. Ever since then, we watched it three times this year. Oh my God. Every time he likes it even more. And every so often, he will ask me if we can watch them again. The bad thing is that I let him borrow my baby Midnight Sun and he still hasn't returned it yet. Never give your siblings books. After more than a month. Gwen's brother, please actually read it and return it. Gwen's brother, we love you. <laughs> um, we hope you listen to the pod. Write in. Would love to hear from yeah, you. Listen to the pod. Give your sister her book back. <laughs> like, read it first. Yeah, read it. Siblings are the worst. Also, Gwen says, in one of your early New Moon episodes, one of you guys said a quote that struck me a lot. You said, just because you're heartbroken doesn't mean you're damaged goods. Thank you for that. I think that that was Melissa who said that because she's very wise. And I thought Olivia because you're very wise. Oh, look at us. I also thought it was Melissa. Um, not due to any particular <laughs> wisdom. That's just how I remembered it. <laughs> well, Fair. Gwen, thank you for listening. Gwen also offers her teen's opinion if we ever need it. So keep that in mind. I want it all the time. Wait, yeah. I want to be validated in my coolness. What do we Let's got just like Gwen? ask about something. Um, Am I a cool cat? Okay, well, having said it like that. Gwen, please write in. <laughs> let us know if Melissa is a cool cat. And also tell me, have you heard of Beyblades? Beyblades? <laughs> Livia, does this mean you have not? Heard of Beyblades? Olivia, did you ever play with Beyblades? That's like familiar, but I can't define Beyblades. Well, then I don't love Gwen's odds. (laughs) (laughs) Gwen, have you heard of Bionicle? Oh my god, Bionicle. Oh, I haven't thought about Bionicle in a long time. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Of course she hasn't. 
Um, Gwen, what are your thoughts on the climate crisis and what we need to do in the next five years? Wow. <laughs> also, do you think that stores are putting Christmas decorations up too early? No. I asked what Gwen thinks. Well, whatever. She thinks no. Okay, Gwen, thanks okay. for your answer. <laughs> This is also a fantastic email, which we're also going to read today because we're finally caught up. Thank God. Okay. So Priya wrote in with many long and fantastic thoughts about our last episode, which I cannot what? read all of. They were so good, though. Yeah. I didn't see this. Why didn't you guys tell me about this? Melissa, it's not our fault that you never <laughs> check our email. Like, I can't screen cap you every single part of every single email that we get because okay, our but- listeners send long and thought-provoking and well-written gigantic emails but previously you have screen capped everything so like there's a precedent it definitely wasn't everything i'm (laughs) yeah but now we have more stuff and a lot of it's longer also listeners a lot of you write in and apologize for the long email do not we love long emails (laughs) we love the long email (laughs) yeah okay so for example priya wrote about how she too was yearning for a compelling internal reason for Edward to return to Forks in chapter two instead of him just arbitrarily deciding, no, actually, it's probably it's not fine. And then it just is. So annoying. Make it make sense, Stephanie. The irritating <laughs> thing too is that I feel like said compelling reason was right there in the text. And Stephanie just decided not to give it to us. Mm-hmm. Edward seeing Bella's face in the stars in Alaska is the reason for his return. And here's why. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I'm gonna have to paraphrase. Basically, he's been seeing her face for six days, and that in itself mm. is wild and mm-hmm. dramatic, and it's mm-hmm. very different mm-hmm. part of his life. Mm-hmm. Then she excerpts Stephanie's original epigraph for New Moon, which is from <laughs> Romeo and Juliet. When he shall die, take him and cut him out in little stars, and he will make the face of heaven so fine that all the world will be in love with night. Oh my god, my mind has been blown. Rhea is a scholar. Such a a scholar. scholar. Uh, Connects to Edward's point of, you know, his life being a moonless night. Oh, stars are romantic. So like, obviously something's going on. Her face girlfriend email stephanie right now (laughs) amanda rewrite (laughs) rebrick correction (laughs) a reprint correction listeners is when we go back into the text and we change a thing because we did it wrong the first time so we can like fix typos and shit it doesn't matter how many times you get a book proofread, the just, day it comes out, a seventh grader will read it and write into you and be like, um, this is spelled wrong. Why do yep. you do it wrong? Um, the most famous <laughs> reprint correction that I know of is when JK Rowling messed up which of Harry's parents came out of <gasps> of Voldemort's yes! wand first because she it was supposed to be in reverse order but she did right. it in the wrong order and so they did a reprint correction this. of Harry Potter to switch the order oh my god can you imagine I, my heart would plummet <laughs> <laughs> I did a reprint correction for a book that like had the year of a war wrong 
It was like, oh, that's yeah, that's a bad copy editor. (laughs) Okay, so anyways, Priya's email goes on to um, explore how this makes Tanya more interesting. I would love Tanya to be more interesting. My headcanon is that she is. Yes, exactly. That's my headcanon for all of these female characters. For all of the characters, but Stephanie doesn't actually do that at all, ever. Which, as Priya points out, it could have been such a great opportunity to show a female character other than Bella, Alice, Angela, or Esme in a flattering light. Could have showed a water. And additionally, I really love Priya's points about how Because Edward can't read Bella's mind, we've talked about how that makes him very intrigued by her. Mm -hmm. But Priya kind of talks about how it forces him to get to know somebody. So true. Like, he doesn't usually take the time to get to know anybody because he thinks that he knows them. Because he's an asshole. (laughs) Well, also because he's a bit of an asshole. I know everybody, but nobody knows me. If you only listen to people's, like, everyday surface thoughts, maybe we would all sound really boring and superficial because you don't sit around thinking about your, like, deepest motivations when you're sitting in class. Well, yeah, he's in high school. Right. The people around him are not going to be having the most profound daily thoughts. But, like... Also, you think he would know by now after being alive for a hundred years that those surface thoughts do not equate to a person. Yeah, it's true. <sighs> I I think that what I believe is that Edward knows that intellectually. Like if you asked him, he'd be like, oh yeah, like humans are fascinating and complex and blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But the actual expression in his day-to-day life is that he has a massive superiority complex. <laughs> And he yeah. thinks everyone is boring. But if you I asked agree. him, he'd be like, no, no, yeah, people, course, people are complicated. Of course, of course right. they are. Just like totally. every human life is worthy of living until... Yeah, unless it's like inconvenient <laughs> for me. <laughs> <laughs> the only other point I want to make about Priya's email is that she also just likes narratively that Edward can't read Bella's mind because it allows them to have an actual like normal relationship like Edward can't have a normal falling in love experience with anybody else and I agree with her that as a book it's it's almost necessary to the story 100% you know what I want what I want a fan fiction where Bella can read Edward's mind and Edward can read Bella's mind (laughs) like can they still fall in love when (laughs) they know what the other one's thinking that would be so hard to write it would be so hard to write I don't want that listeners if you have any kind of fiction or fan fiction in that vein where both parties can Send read each other's us. minds. Yeah, I would really be interested to see how that would oh go. Oh my god. That's uh, horrible. <laughs> I want it. Priya, fantastic job on this Brushed editorial it. letter that you wrote. Yeah, Priya, are you in publishing? You should go into publishing. Great editorial <laughs> thoughts. Great thoughts. Yeah. She blew my mind. Absolutely. Also, great title. Stars are romantic. Yeah. Question mark, question mark, question mark. Yeah, they are. Y'all are so good at subject lines. I love it. Truly. Can some of you, like, name our episodes? Do you know how long we spend on that? (laughs) So hard. Like, six (laughs) minutes. Yeah. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Cool. Okay. Chapter four, Visions. Whose week is it? I think it's me. Is it Olivia's? It can't be my week because... I think it's me. I didn't read it, so... You have a confession (laughs) to make, Melissa? (laughs) I didn't read it. I didn't (laughs) skim it. I have no idea what this chapter is about. Well, don't worry. I'm going to recap it for you, and it's pretty short. 
I read it on Sunday and when I like moved my post-it so I could know when to stop I was like thank god (laughs) it's a shorty (laughs) thank god it's a shorty all right I was about to make a really dumb but cool joke where I was like it's a shorty like us because we're shorties but like in the cool way you know like shoddy yeah no we got it (laughs) (laughs) why didn't it tell us how cool we are Gwen, do you think that was cool? (laughs) Okay, well, (laughs) chapter four. Edward returns back to school after being in the hospital with Bella. He thinks about how he should be covering his tracks, but he does not. Emmett yells at him in his head, and we find out that Jasper has some plan. Uh, which I was a little bit confused about. I felt like I could, oh, yeah. wasn't sure if I was supposed to understand what Jasper's plan was. That but section sucked. I can't. That was a little bit confusing. It. They drive home. Rosalie yells at Edward in his head, um, and then the family has the argument in the dining room. Jasper and Rosalie want to just murder Bella because things have mm-hmm. gotten too complicated, and she's probably going to spill. Like, let's just clean up our tracks and we don't want to move. Well, (laughs) they talk about it. Rosalie doesn't want to start over sophomore year again, okay? that's And killing Bella would would solve that. Would solve that. Would just solve it, get it out of... Yeah, they never really talk through, like, if they do murder her, how do they... How does that mean they stay? Well, actually, we do get the fact that Rosalie is a very good assassin and is very confident that she could make it look like an accident. And that's how... All right. Okay. Edward makes the decision that he would protect Bella from his family. Ooh. Does not really dig into his own motivations for that. <laughs> Why but it's very that? clear that that is what would happen. No, no, no. He does. He's like, it's um fair because she didn't ask for this. So yeah, uh, yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> it's the moral thing to do, I guess. So stupid. They argue over it. And then Alice is like, okay, you know what? You can't kill Bella, Jasper because she's gonna be my friend. So I'd be really annoyed, so please don't do that. Oh my God, I can't believe I didn't reread this. This was such a good part. (laughs) You can read it later. It's a great chapter, Melissa. (laughs) Damn it. She tries to hide the rest of the whole situation, but fails, and this is how Edward finds out that he is either going to murder Bella or change her into a vampire. Because he loves her! He's extremely distressed by this. He's really upset. They're all, like, running around. Rose is gagging in her (laughs) mouth because she's so disgusted by him falling in love with her. Esme's really happy. Edward's like, what the fuck? What have I done? And that's the whole chapter. I give you an A+, plus because not only were you correct in your recap, (laughs) like, all the facts were right, as far as I recall, but you really had some flair, and it was abnormally engaging. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So, A+. Yes, I give you an A+. It's probably my best ones, because it was so short, it made it a lot easier. Wow, I'm really pissed I didn't reread this. (laughs) I am a sucker for, like, someone who finds out they're gonna fall in love with someone before they have yet. And they're, like, niche thing to really (laughs) like. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it doesn't happen that often. (laughs) Not happen that often narratively. (laughs) Have you read The Raven Boys? No. (gasps) 
You haven't read the, the Raven, Raven Boys? Boys. The like copy on the back is like she knows that her first love will kill him or something like that. Her first kiss will kill the person that she kisses. <gasps> yeah, and like it will be her true love, something like that. How have I never heard the premise of this before? <laughs> well, from there it becomes incredibly complicated. Yeah, of course, <laughs> of course it does. I love those oh books. God. Everybody, go read the Raven Boys. Yeah, they're good. They're good. Check it out. It's a series. Wow. Yes, I can say that when I first read this chapter, I initially was very annoyed by it, and at the end, I loved it. So. <laughs> That's pretty much the journey I took too. I was like, what is going on with the Jasper thing? Yeah, the Jasper thing completely almost ruined this chapter, but the whole, oh, you're gonna love her thing definitely brought it back 180. The only like reason I wasn't completely lost was the fact that I had read Twilight right. and knew <laughs> right. like what was gonna happen. Right. I rereading it, I realized that. The reason this section doesn't work for me is because I wasn't sure if I was supposed to know right. That's not what clear. he meant or not. So it's like, if it had been a section where like Jasper had some mysterious plan and I was trying to figure it out, that would have been okay. And if like dramatic irony, I was definitely supposed to already know what the plan was and Edward hadn't figured it out, like that would have been okay, but I couldn't tell as a reader. Right. Can I read like the the paragraph? Please do. Go for it. Okay. So this is where Edward is talking to Emmett and Emmett in his mind says, look out for Jasper. Uh, He's not as angry, but he's more resolved. And the next paragraph is, I saw what he meant. And for a moment, the room swam around me. The flash of rage was so all consuming that a red haze clouded my vision. I thought I would choke on it. Edward, get a grip. And like, we're just, I don't know, left floating of like, I don't understand what's going on. I thought this reaction was in response to Emmett saying that Jasper's more resolved. I was like, why is Edward so mad about Jasper being resolved on anything? I think he is. I think that is what's happening. But he sees Jasper's plan. That's what happens in the, I saw what he meant. I saw what he meant, I guess. Yeah, it's like, I saw in Emmett's head what Emmett right. was saying about Jasper. Right. And then the red haze of rage was just sort of confusing. Yes. I wrote on here multiple times what is happening. I remember distinctly emailing or not emailing, texting both of you this section and being like question mark, question mark, question mark. What the fuck is going on? And then the only thing that we get in this section is Jasper's not going to do anything until we all talk. I just thought you should know the direction he's headed. I was like, and- am I supposed to know the direction or not? This doesn't make any sense because Edward is a mind reader and up until now we have been conveyed everything that Edward is also privy to as far as like Alice's vision. Exactly. Up until it's now. So, it's so weird that like this has been purposefully not given to us and we don't know it's been purposefully not given to us until it is later given. Well, one of the narrative problems with Edward being a mind reader is that things are too obvious. Right. So I get the impulse to do this kind of thing where Edward knows something and he just doesn't bother to tell us yet. Like sometimes that works 
narratively, but the way that she's phrased it here just ended up being really confusing. Right. And it doesn't make sense for him not to tell us because it obviously is a major impact. Like it's right. He's mad about it. Like we need right. to no. It, it doesn't make any sense for why it's hidden from us in this moment, besides for us to be like, what's going on? That's why I thought that I was supposed to know. And then mm-hmm. I felt confused that I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I'm not a hundred percent convinced that this was like purposely withheld from the reader. I could see Stephanie writing it and being like, oh, well, they, they all know. I know so well. That, like, of course this is what's happening. And then her editor is so deep in the story that, of course, she doesn't question it. And then... Maybe. For all we know, like, you know, the copy editor had just reread the entirety of the Twilight Saga in preparation <laughs> for this and also understood what was going on. Right. But like, and it just slipped through. That's the thing, though, is that we had just reread Twilight and it's not like <laughs> it's we true. understood <laughs> that Jasper what made a plan to, like, murder Bella violently like we were supposed to just understand that it didn't make any right. sense we knew they'd argued about it but we didn't know he came to it as like well this is what I'm gonna do not right. like well what if we did this right yeah and that's what would make Edward so angry like you know honestly at this point you're kind of still like does he like particularly obviously we know he cares about her but I didn't necessarily think that at this point we were at a I'm filled with rage. Right. You know what I'm saying? And then it goes on to feel like I'm supposed to know what he's talking about because he goes into ruminating immediately about, Mm -hmm. am I going to defend this girl that I barely know? Am I going to fight with my family? Who's going to side with who? Right. So he's still talking about it without actually talking about it it. out to us. It just, this happens like one or two more times and it really does not work for me. I hated it every single time. Uh, I do think that the paragraph Olivia was referencing, though, is, like, pretty great, so I'm going to read it. Ooh. A fight? Was that where this was headed? Was I going to fight with my family over a human I barely knew? I thought about that for a moment. Thought about the fragile feel of the girl's body in my arms in juxtaposition with Jasper, Rose, and Emmett. Supernaturally strong and fast, killing machines by nature. Yes, I would fight for her. Against my family. I shuddered. I was like, <gasps> yeah, I'd fight against my Picking family sides. for a lot of shit. So fair point. <laughs> like, even if you, I feel like it did such a great job getting me into Edward's head mm-hmm. because like, let's say I saw one of my family members trying to like kick a puppy, you know, which would never happen. <laughs> we love animals. But like, if I saw them trying to kick a defenseless puppy it wouldn't matter how I felt about that puppy. I would I would protect the puppy because mm-hmm. it's a defenseless animal. And I was like, I could so see how Edward would think like, yeah, you know, I would defend her without even realizing that he's actually doing it because he, he loves her already. Because he right. loves her. And it's not like he really thinks he's going to be capable of hurting any of his family. It's just like he's going to be stubborn about it and not let them right. do anything to her. Yeah, they'll like throw some punches. Yeah, he does the math and he's like, well, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna win the fight, but <laughs> right. I'll do my best. That's not the point. Right. And he, he does say right after the part that Maya read, but it wasn't fair to leave her undefended when I was the one who'd put her in danger. So like Edward has his own streak of like martyrdom and oh, so they're a good match. It's true. Okay, <laughs> bit by bit, we're finding things that, like, strengthen their relationship. Like, yeah, they're both martyrs. They should be. 
it's almost like they're characters written by the same person who clearly <laughs> values martyrdom. <laughs> so. uh, I want to talk about their car ride home and Rosalie's insults. <laughs> this is what she picks. Idiot, lunatic, moron, jackass, selfish, irresponsible fool. This line is like really funny, but it is a little unnatural. Like, Rosalie, it's like, uh, Rosalie's thoughts were filled with venom and acid. And it's like, <laughs> lunatic, moron. The harshest word is jackass. 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 I also find that if I'm angry enough, I don't have this creativity. You know, like, you really settle on one word. Right. I'm like, you goddamn ass bucket. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, you think she'd just be like, you fucking dumbass, you piece of shit. Like, ever, I'm gonna kick your ass when we get home. Or write some threats. Like, right. it never progresses to threats. It's just, like, many, many epithets. It's mm-hmm. kind of funny. Um, while they're driving, Alice is, like, seeing all of Jasper's different plans of attacking Edward. And so then Edward makes plans based on that. I God. think it's plans of attacking Bella. Oh, yeah, sorry. That's I think he's going that's straight for Bella. He's going for Bella. And Edward is, like, stopping him earlier right. and earlier. And I'm like, I get it. They're vampires. They can do anything. But how is he focusing on the road? <laughs> I was going to say, this is like the first time we really get like kind of mental gymnastics. So like changing scenarios. Constantly in the later chapters, especially mm-hmm. as they try to prevent James. Oh my God, the car chase. <sighs> but like these gymnastics are exhausting. They're like, okay, he's planning this. Oh, I plan this. And Alice, it's visions change. Oh, so now I'm getting there sooner. Jasper's things change, so my things change. So Alice's things change. And I'm like, I get it. (laughs) I get it. We get a hint of that as we move into this argument. They all sit very seriously around the dining room table, which remember they don't use to dine on. Just remember that they don't dine. And they can't figure out, like, if they don't move, will Bella say anything? And Alice is like, well, I can't tell because she's useless right now jasper is so determined that she can't see what'll happen if he doesn't do what he's planning on doing which like i understand that stephanie does have to kind of like explain herself out of of like why you know they didn't just understand what was happening from the get-go when you have like these migrators and um future seers right so like okay fine yes i do buy into the fact that something was going on so that you can only see plausible futures right i all of this is very rickety to me yes (laughs) let's say bella talks let's say bella like goes around town and is like edward was nowhere near me i'm freaked out what he did wasn't possible let's say she goes so far as to say Maybe he's a vampire. How is that going to get all the way back to the Voltori? <laughs> <laughs> Who and, is going right, to take like, her seriously? No one. Yeah. Which is exactly what he tells her. And it's the truth. Nobody's, yeah. Nobody would believe her. Nobody would believe her. So like, okay, great. One person kind of knows maybe that something is going on, but like there, nothing's going to happen because of it. And let's say then she's like, no you guys trust me look at them they all look alike the kids date each other you don't think any of that's weird charlie would be like bell i'm really ashamed of you 
<laughs> How That's could you shame these town people? Thinks about them. They're pale, so right, right. Or okay, like spool that out. Worst case scenario is that they have to move later. Right. So like the only thing that killing her accomplishes is that they like they don't have to maybe move later after she talks. Why does that mean that they have to kill her now? Like they could kill her I don't later. Think killing her accomplishes anything. I don't think killing her accomplishes anything. I agree. Because well, they- Rosalie is really determined not to move, guys. <laughs> Doesn't want to be a sophomore again. They think <laughs> killing her would accomplish her not talking and like right. blowing their cover as vampires. But like, how right. do they think that she would do that? How do they reconcile we're vegetarian with, okay, but this person may talk and I'll prevent that from well, happening by killing her. Well, Melissa. Jasper has a way. Also, this is where Carlisle comes in. Um, Carlisle is the one who's like, well, you know, you actually can't do that because every life is precious. And if we killed somebody every time we might be slightly endangered, then what is the point of our lives? So Carlisle is the only real one. <laughs> But meanwhile, Jasper makes an argument that, like, isn't compelling enough to kill Bella, in my <laughs> estimation, but it's, like, a pretty fair argument, which is, like, look, the fates decided she should have died today. <laughs> no, I'm just evening the score. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's compelling. Uh... <laughs> like, not enough no. to be, like, go ahead and kill her, but, like, it does give you, like, a half like, second right. pause in a fictional world to be like, good point. <laughs> right. like, well, we saved her, so. Right. Her number was up. Yeah, her number's been up. I want to know how Rose would kill Bella and make it look like a an unexpected side effect of her concussion from this accident. I bet she would, like, oh so gently press on like a certain nerve uh-huh. like with sustained pressure would just like kill bella somehow wow that's my guess there are vampires that can do literally anything so it would have to be a head thing i mean they can't do anything no they can do literally anything none of them have the power to just like kill but they have the no ability physical to effect just like, no, I don't know, know put pressure on a single vein that runs up to her brain and suddenly her... somehow. Yeah, like, I, that's what would happen. I guess you're right. Yeah, just um, like aneurysm her. Also, right. Edward says, we all know how proficient an assassin you are, which I think is only in reference to the whole Rochester origin story thing, but like, what if it's not? I really wanted to. I took it to be about Rochester, and I also felt like Edward was, like, a little below the belt there. Yeah. I understand why, because, like, he's trying to save Bella's life. He's gonna say what he has to say, but I was like, that's rude. Agreed. Um, But also, they'd, like, kind of get into, like, the whole accidental death thing later, like Carlisle does with those... (gasps) That's true. um, The mugger people. Well, Carlisle is a doctor. Doing it as a doctor seems a lot they easier than doing it as a vampire. They all have doctor degrees. All, they have multiple. Yeah, but Edward Edward has never, ever used his. Which I don't really understand also. But like, it's the point of going through medical school and never practicing any medicine right. for any length of time. But that's the thing is they could. Like what amount of med school did he get through? Because to actually be certified to be a doctor, you have to go through the right. whole part of doing- Being a doctor. <laughs> yeah, of doing residency. Yeah, which he explicitly says he didn't do. 
So, so he's not actually done with this. Isn't that just like Edward? Like, <laughs> yeah, I have a medical degree. And actually, he just like, did the coursework. and Right. <laughs> wow. See, but the thing that we have to take away is that they're all medically trained to be, I don't know, super surgeons, whether they've practiced it or not. And of course, because they're vampires, they don't need to have practiced it. Right. It's just all absorbed, right? It's just all absorbed up into the brain. Yeah. Oh, that's so gross. Because when you start med school, like you start with cadavers real early. That means that like they did all these studying on dead bodies, but like nothing on living human people. I'm not convinced he got that far. I don't know. <laughs> well, just thinking of my friends in med school. Oh, they what I've heard from them like, is like very early in the yeah. Dead blood isn't the same as alive blood. Maybe it's not. Maybe they were all filled with period blood. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I definitely, even as a vampire, don't think I would want to drink blood from like a long dead body. That's true. It'd probably no. get gross. Yeah. Be like, that's okay. Well, anyways. Yeah. Okay. Uh... <laughs> Shall we get to Alice's visions? Let's do it. I thought they were so much more interesting in this chapter than Mm -hmm. previously in the book. I was like, oh, the visions are like making this conversation really interesting. Right. Jasper's ultimate card that he pulls is that he doesn't want Alice to live in danger because he just loves Alice so much and Edward's never been in love and he doesn't get it. And he's like, Alice, I know you're going to say that you can protect yourself. Like, I already know that. And she's like, that's not what I was going to say. I was going to ask you for a favor. I know you love me. Thanks. <laughs> LOL. That's my sentence. <laughs> but I would really appreciate it if you didn't try to kill Bella. First of all, Edward's quite serious and I don't want you two fighting. Secondly, she's my friend. At least she's going to be. Then Alice has a vision of her and Bella like standing together doing like a side hug. And Edward is like, how could this be? And Jasper is like gasping. He's like, but Alice. (laughs) I was just like envisioning a future though where like Alice and Bella are friends and like doesn't include Unrelated to Edward. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's what she tries to play off at the beginning. (laughs) It does not last that long. He says, I'm going to love her someday, Jazz. I'll be very put out with you if you don't let her be. And then Jasper wavers and is like, maybe I should not murder her. <laughs> and then Alice can see, see, Bella's not going to say anything about us. Everything's going to be fine. Don't murder her. And Edward's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Edward says, what, Alice? What are you hiding? Is it about the girl I demanded? Is it about Bella? Of course it's about Bella, you yeah. dummy. This whole conversation <laughs> is about Bella. <laughs> You're so stupid. So stupid. <laughs> Yeah, it's about Bella. He again does not tell us immediately what he has seen in this vision. She slips and lets through whatever it is her vision is, and he freaks out. I mean, this one I'm more okay with than the other one because we do get to immediately, like, find out. Yeah, it's not like four pages. Right. It works better narratively. She says, there are really only two ways left for her. It's one or the other, Edward. And he's like... No, <laughs> I can still leave. You don't know. And she's like, I do know. That's my whole deal. And he's like, no, you don't know. And she's like, I do know. She says, you are so blind, Edward. Can't you see where you're headed? Can't you see where you already are? I was like, oh, you love her. Mm-hmm. It's more inevitable than the sun rising tomorrow morning. 
see what I see. The see what I see is over dramatic and mm-hmm. unnecessary, mm-hmm. but like more <laughs> inevitable than the sun rising tomorrow. I was like, oh, the drama. Wow. I I love that, but also that's not true. There's two different outcomes. There's not two different outcomes to the sun coming up. The, okay, so the inevitable thing, what she says right before this is, I love her too, or I will. It's not the same, but I want her around for that. And Edward goes, love her too? <laughs> so the loving her is inevitable. It's so cartoonish. And the loving her may lead to her murder or okay, her being a vampire. Okay. But the step one is Got being it. in love with her. And that part is inevitable. <laughs> that was a beautiful dialogue of the scene, Olivia. <laughs> I really have to get my hands on a copy of Twilight, the graphic novel. Yeah, we do. But really what I want to see is Midnight Sun, the graphic novel, because I want to see Edward's face in that moment. Growing Like shit. a cartoon, like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> All the, like, shocked, wavy lines coming out of his head. We do know a lot earlier about Edward's bad temper in Midnight Sun uh-huh. than in Twilight. Uh-huh. Um, meanwhile, we get the comic relief of Emmett being like, this is fucking annoying. What the fuck are you guys talking about? <laughs> and then Rose is like, oh my god, pay attention. He's falling in love with a human and it's gross. <laughs> Honestly, I was so here And Emmett's like, tough break. <laughs> Classic Edward. <laughs> that whole that whole exchange, I was so into. I was Edmit here. I was like, this would be so obnoxious. Please start Yeah, God, I would hate each other with these people. You guys suck. <laughs> And if I were Carlisle, I'd, I'd be like, okay, I'm using my power as the authority in this family to make you talk out loud. <laughs> it's rude. Truly. They're just really emotional about this, okay? <laughs> um, and then that changes things very effectively for the family. Like, it's no longer... Are you going to murder her? Going and killing Bella is not on the table anymore. Right. Um, yeah. So Carlisle is like, well, I guess we just stay here and um, no one kills her. <laughs> Which, like, why is it that Edward being in love with her is such a different scenario that her life is, like, more valuable? Because we only become valuable through the love of men. Oh, I always forget about that. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Well, Carlisle loved her as a child of God before all of that. Right, because Carlisle's the only real one. Carlisle's perfect. Yeah. Um, then Edward throws a temper tantrum because <laughs> Esme is happy. Esme is so happy about this. Like, Edward's very upset about this in general. And Edward's very, like, offended by how confident Alice is and, like, how confident Jasper is in Alice's confidence. Then he senses Esme's joy and he, like, leaves the room yelling and is just, like, <laughs> mad. It's like, he's throwing a tantrum. He's he, a big emo baby. He jumps and clears the lawn and the river in one bound with no running start. <laughs> what did we say? I liked the thick sheet of water. He's like, it's raining. That's what's happening. <laughs> I liked the thick sheet of water. It made a wall between me and the rest of the world. It closed me in. Let me be alone. How emo. Oh, emo. He's so emo. And I then once he's run off, he lets himself see and so tells us about the even worse alternative vision which he hasn't told us about yet Mm -hmm. which is Bella becoming a vampire and it's like pretty compelling description 
My own eyes, deep crimson with human blood, the eyes of the monster, Bella's broken body in my arms, ashy white, drained, lifeless. It was so concrete, so clear. Oh, this is, right, okay. So there's her being a vampire, and then he does say even worse mm-hmm. is her being dead. Oh, yeah, sorry. Right, right. It's, either, it's either dead or a vampire, no in between. Right. And when he describes her being a vampire, I was like, what's so awful about that? Like, they're all vampires. Why wouldn't you just be like, wow, cool? I think he's like partly embarrassed. Well, his answer is, if I forced her into this empty half-life through my weakness and selfishness, surely she would hate me. So it does not ever occur to him for a single moment that she might choose it because he hates himself so much that he can't imagine her enjoying life as a vampire. Even though in this vision, she looks really like chill and happy. What I didn't understand was that there was the immediate jump to, okay, well, Bella's a vampire, so therefore I just decided to do this. Like, when in every other instance of someone becoming a vampire, it's because there was, like, no other option. True. That's true. And so I was like, why wasn't it like, well, what's going to happen? Oh, true. Am I going to put her in so much danger that we're forced to turn her into a vampire? Will it be an accident? But it just went to, oh, she's a vampire, so I That's must true. have, like, been really selfish. And made her do it. That's true. Maybe he's, like, the only way we would turn her into a vampire, as opposed to letting her just die in any scenario, would be, like, mm. if I broke and saved her at the last minute. Mm. Like, he also definitely already feels so responsible for, like, entering her life and changing mm-hmm. her life. Yeah. Which is a very selfish way of thinking of it, really. Yeah, I mean, it is, incredibly. <laughs> also, like, kind of get over it, because you also saved her life. So, hey, give yourself as a break. As we said, her number was up, and in a way that had nothing to do with you, because Tyler chose to take that corner <laughs> at an injudicious speed. And, as well, we know, her number remains up for the rest of the series. They'll continue talking it out. It's like that's like the main topic of conversation. So. Yeah, Bella starts to die a million fucking times. <laughs> Something is calling her home, and Edward <laughs> is like, "No, she shall live." Well, he ends the chapter thinking about how he must have a choice, and he doesn't want to be fatalistic and let Alice's visions run his life. And there has to be a choice, even though he doesn't actually believe it deep down. Edward doesn't want to be fatalistic. It's like. The only way he knows how to be. <laughs> what drama. Yeah, wow. Man, I will go back and reread over the, the dining room scene. Oh, you big old dumb dumb. <laughs> and you know what? He finally figures it out. The beginning part of it really is the worst part of the chapter. Mm-hmm. But it it's just like three or four pages. It's you hard. get to the good stuff pretty fast. Yeah, and it's not like we were talking badly about the previous 60 pages anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I have so many, like, candidates for best sentence. Me too. I don't know what to pick for worst. I have, like, my funny best. I know, I have multiple bests. Since we already read it, I will just go ahead and say that I did Instagram post about this one too. So, listeners, if you follow our Instagram, you already know that this is my favorite. (laughs) And it's Alice to Jasper. When she says, I know you love me, period. Thanks, period. (laughs) (laughs) Real Han Solo moment. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks.
I have multiple favorites. Like, I'm just going to read a bunch of them because we didn't even talk about them. Right at the beginning of the chapter, which we complained so much about, uh, he calls himself a stalker. That's one of my favorites, An obsessed too. vampire stalker. That's hilarious. I love stuff. <laughs> so like, good. self-aware. That was good. Yeah. Wait, I have another self-aware one. Yes. Let me find the page. It's so fun. Okay. Page 75, towards the bottom. I know it's on your, yeah. This is and I it says, damn kid, you're a mess. Emma added sympathy in his tone. Bite me, I muttered under my breath, and I heard his low <laughs> chuckle. <laughs> like, well, because you're a vampire. We would all use that all the time, definitely. <laughs> oh. Good morning. Bite me. Okay, see you later. <laughs> Bite me. <laughs> I'm going to say I, I found a worse. I don't even think it's bad writing. I just, like, don't like what it stands for. So Edward is talking about his like rationale to his family for why he had to save Bella, which is like, well, you know, if, if she had bled out right there, it would have been pretty fucked up. And he says, it was a perfectly sound excuse, but I wouldn't use it. It was too shameful. I'm like, how are you supposed to be like, oh, well, I wouldn't have been able to keep myself from like revealing us and drinking her blood. And I'm so ashamed. If earlier in the book, you're like, Jasper doesn't need to feel bad that his self-control isn't at the same level as the rest of us. There's nothing wrong with it. He just needs to work within his limits. Like it completely justifies Jasper's feelings of being ashamed, which I think is unfair. Mm -hmm. And he's also already had multiple conversations where they've been like, wow, I can't believe that you haven't already murdered her. Like, everybody's very understanding, and it's like, wow, it sounds like she's very appealing, and I don't know how you're doing this. Yeah. So, like, if her blood was literally right there, I don't think any of them would blame him. Be like, yeah. Oh, yeah, duh. Also, while we're there, the image of, like, he says, I shuddered again, but not just in horror. This is, like, thinking of her with her, like, blood on the blacktop. Part of me shivered in desire. No, I would not have been able to watch her bleed without exposing us all in a much more flagrant and shocking way. I was like, imagine Edward like licking the pavement like a fucking dog. Yeah, that you can't really just sweep under the rug. No. (laughs) That is the defining single characteristic. (laughs) That's it. Okay, I'm going to pick as my favorite part of what Alice says here. It all depends on whether he's strong enough. Either he'll kill her himself She turned to meet my gaze again, glaring, which would really irritate me, Edward, not to mention what it would do to you. She faced Jasper again, or she'll be one of us someday. Um, I really liked this understatement. (laughs) 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 Irritate me if you murdered her, okay? So just like, don't. I, which I love, because right at this point, she technically doesn't have any actual feelings for Bella yet. <laughs> right, she just So like she right will. now, it would just be irritation. Like, <laughs> I could have had a really oh, great thing. That would have been and really And you nice fucking ruined it. <laughs> by killing her. I'm just like a little put out. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have like a, a best sentence that's not like a jokey best sentence. Oh. Ooh. And it's where when Edward has run away and he's finally like thinking about all the visions that he's seen and he's focusing on the one where Alice and Bella are you know like holding each other and he says you know she did not flinch away from Alice's cold arm and he says what did it mean how much did she know in that still life moment from the future what did she think of me 
And it's like the first time Edward has ever been like, wait, Bella he has, has feelings. feelings. And uh, <laughs> in this future moment, she must have some maybe positive ones toward me. Holy shit. It's he true. likes it, but he doesn't know why. Yep. This makes a heart go pitter-patter. <laughs> I've got a really heart pitter-patter one that I think I'm going to pick as my ultimate favorite, even though, like, there are so many. But I could easily find another. This is right after Jasper is like, I love Alice. I'm not going to let her live in danger. You don't feel this way about anyone, even though you've, like, read my memories. So, like, you don't get it. I'm sorry. This is how it is. I have to do this. And Edward responds, I'm not disputing that, Jasper, but I'm telling you now, I won't allow you to hurt Isabella Swan. (sighs) (laughs) Cheering from the stands. (laughs) Like, this chapter is where Midnight Sun becomes a love story. Yes. Like, the previous chapters, Mm -hmm. he's, like, into her, but, like, doesn't get it. But this is where he's, like, I will sacrifice whatever I need to sacrifice for this girl that I don't even know. Like, what a ride. It's true. I'm so mad I skipped this chapter. (laughs) Yeah, and it's such a short one. Yeah, I'm so annoying. But, I mean, if you're ever going to skip, this was obviously the week. (laughs) there's a lot going on in terms of weeks wow i genuinely forgot for a while genuinely forgot and now i've picked up my phone oh good job oh i'm sorry i can't pick up worst i don't think i've ever passed you know what you should do it you should pass and then we'll put that i abstain in the copy a chapter (laughs) is so good olivia couldn't pick a worse sentence i will okay i'm gonna put it in the bank because sometimes i really want multiple worsts and i can't have them so i'm I'm banking it (laughs) perfect yeah, great chapter. Next up is chapter five. Chapter five invitations. Can't wait. Everybody, I hope that your life is great. I hope that you have more certainty than we do right now. I want that for you. Uh, If you need an escape, email us at twilightfacepodcast at gmail.com. Check out our Patreon, which (laughs) has newly lowered prices for some really great perks they're so good so check it out special shout out to our current patrons jillian melina bridget eric samantha and aaron we love you hey also you can you know sink into the void of our social medias which are twilight underscore phase on twitter and instagram and twilight phase podcast on tumblr disclaimer we own nothing twilight universe and all characters belong only to stephanie meyer please don't sue us don't do it don't do it (laughs) audio editing by melissa Shermer. cover image by laura Shermer. our theme music is written and performed by adrian morin we'll be back next week and if you don't like it you can bite me Uh, bye bye bye